You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast. Follow on YouTube and Instagram, support through buymeacoffee.com, and subscribe to the only podcast exploring the hidden ecosystems within the theology of Christian music through unique and uniting conversations. All right, welcome to the Theology of Music podcast. My name is Joel. Today, so I've read bios for people before, and I swear, I think Curtis has the longest bio I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Now, here's the thing. It's no fluff. There is, there's absolutely zero fluff. This isn't a, a fluff and nutter sandwich with peanut butter and marshmallow fluff. This is legitimately a peanut well, butter Well, I want to let sandwich. you know real quick, I do have a 30-second bio. I probably should have like sent that over to you, Joel, because that's like the super condensed one. That's really all the meat right there. <laughs> uh, I don't... Okay, so... You got the meat and potatoes one, I think. Oh, I've got I've got the full course meal. I've got appetizer, dessert. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) So, I'll give the the cliff notes. You've written over twelve hundred songs since you were thirteen, which is a lot. Twelve about twelve of them are good. Amen. That's statistically how it goes. You write a a thousand songs, one's a hit. Yes. you were you were a worship leader since thirteen, so you were thrust in, in front of people in a leadership capacity at when you were too young, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And same thing for me. Uh, you understand music. You have you were a top fifty finalist on American Idol's fourth season back when it was still good. Uh, you have appeared on pre fa- pre YouTube. Thank God. Amen. <laughs> I love out of the wiki, but I looked up the wiki. I do my research. I looked up the wiki. It was like it said there's no. It was like you guys. You were on this team. During one of the the um, one of the contests, and everyone forgot the words, but you still somehow yes. advanced. And then, and then it just miracles says, happen. That it says Curtis was uh, eliminated sometime thereafter. <laughs> it was like, oh, you got to send me that link. Didn't That's... even say when. It was just like everyone forgot the link with lyrics. They all advanced still, and he was eliminated sometime <laughs> yes. thereafter. I'm like, wow, we don't know what so happened dis- to Curtis. <laughs> so disinterested. Uh, oh you gosh. wrote a song for uh, Virginia Tech after the tragedy in 2007 called Forever Change. I think it's awesome. Uh, you have been on the Billboard Top Christian Artists. Uh, you have shared the stage with, okay, everyone, if you're not sitting down, you need to sit down for this. He's, he has shared the stage with John Mayer, <laughs> Howie Day, Sanctus Real, Chris McClarney, Paul Belosh, Reliant K, Gunger. Was it before they went? Kind of crazy. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, right after th- beautiful things. Oh, that was when they were the best. Actually, yeah, their first. What was it? Uh, I don't know if it was sales. The song. Um, oh, it had this really. I have to look it up. Uh, They're so good. Yeah. Uh, ben Folds, Robbie C Band, and the White Tie Affair, to name a few. You were a worship leader and worship pastor from 2010 to 2017 at National Community Church in D.C. with who had a pastor of Mark Betterson. Uh, you were there and you wrote a ton of songs while you were there. You you signed with Integrity Music, which I just had mm-hmm. Leslie Jordan on from oh, Integrity. She's great. She's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and if you want to connect us to any of the other artists and people, sure, we need to. And not that you need my help connecting to any of my people, because they'll be like, oh, hey, Curtis, what's up? Thanks for the text. Uh, <laughs> but you've got all these, like you did Dove Awards. You did, uh, you have all these albums. You released the book Soundcheck 2016, which I actually was going to take my ministry through before I left ministry. So I have a ton of these and I joked with, I joked with Curtis before I'm using some of them as a way to raise up my monitors uh, because I don't have better <laughs> monitor stands, but this purpose. Exactly. And it's a great book, uh, which I can't plug it. So seriously, if you haven't done, I put this up there with 
Worship Matters and um, oh, wow. uh, the other one that Bob did. I just forget what it's called. But Worship Matters and Doxology and Theology. I think Matt Papa, Matt Boswell did. And then Matt wow. and um, Bob Coffin came up with a recent one, was more was a smaller one. But this one's fantastic because one of the things I really love about it was your perspective as um, a person who kind of chased fame before whereas like bob coughlin approaches it from a very pastoral almost like right. a, a fatherly perspective of like here's here's son if you're going to be a worship in worship in ministry here's how i'm going to help you you're you're yeah. like almost like the prodigal son riding on a perspective <laughs> very, of worship very true and it's so good i mean even just like the one of the greatest parts about the book was cu- cultivating a good relationship with a pastor and how you approached mm-hmm. that was really cool because you approached it from almost like that prodigal son aspect of you chased mm-hmm. fame now you didn't how do you now fight that in in the in uh, ministry? And so, yeah, I think it's a fantastic resource. If you are a worship leader listening to this, pick up Soundcheck. You have to get it. Uh, I think it's a fantastic book. And also, so now you, and now you're producer, right? At the time of this bio, I think you were still at Bridge because you planted bridges in Nashville. Which I think the funniest thing you said was because you love writing bridges. Amen. Dude, yes. They're That's the dessert like of any song. People bring me into the song. Just work on the bridge, Curtis, and then, you know, the chorus. Leave that to the good guys. Amen. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. It's the dessert. It's the nice little, ooh. Kind of yeah, pushes I, me back to the chorus. More excited. Yeah, I get That's it. That's it, man. That's it. Uh, and so you, you're you not at Bridges anymore, right? Yeah, so we basically moved to Nashville uh Mid 2017, so five years ago, we moved to Nashville from DC. Right. Uh, where, where, as you said, we had been on staff for seven years at National Community. So we moved back to Nashville. Lived there before, from like 2005 to mm-hmm. 2010. And uh, at that time, I was just traveling with a rock band called The Season, and that's when we wrote that that song for Virginia Tech. Wow. Me and a couple guys from the band were were Hokies, and so uh, when that Amen. happened on campus. Um, you know, that was kind of our response in that situation. We didn't know what we could do. So, hey, let's write a song to bring the community together. So yeah. we, we were in Nashville from 2005 to 10 and then moved to D.C. for seven years, then back to Nashville to plant a church. So the last five years, church planting, pastoring, uh, raising up leaders. And then, yeah, basically a year ago, really felt like the Lord was kind of stirring back into, hey, step back into full time music and worship. And so uh Literally in May, uh, we handed off the church to new leadership, a guy that we've known for 15 years, incredible pastor in Nashville, one of the greatest dudes on the planet, Adonis Lindsay. And uh, the team that we had raised up kind of just uh, let them sail. And so, yeah, all of our staff stayed on through the transition. Church is still doing really well. Um, great friends with the pastor. And so it's kind of cool to see. It's almost like you see your baby go off to college, you yep. know, and, yep. and and then you step out to whatever the next assignment is that you feel like the Lord's leading you into. And so right now I'm in this summer of just traveling a lot. Um, I just preached in my hometown, Roanoke, Virginia on Sunday. I saw and, a United Meth- uh, what, uh, Methodist Church. I forget what it was. Yeah, Raleigh yep. Court. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a crazy thing, my, my high school choir teacher is their worship director now. Stop. So it was really a homecoming for me, so it was a lot of fun. And then this Sunday, I'll be down in Florida and then flying down to Columbia after that, South America, to do a little bit of... Uh, I'm playing piano with, with Paul Wilbur. So it's it's a fun summer. Dude. Um, just wild. So what, let me just say, I mean, it's awesome. I, what I, th- I think is really cool... So you, you're now back to basically producing, right? You kind of did that off and on as you're as you're yep. in national writing, uh, community producing, church, right? But now mm-hmm. you're kind of doing that. And I think what's really cool 
is in this industry, uh, as, so as someone, we could talk about this afterwards, so as someone who has, has my own music too, who is a singer-songwriter myself, who's released a couple albums, right, like, who's talked to people like Leslie Jordan, and we've talked about mm. how there's, she was really sick of this whole, uh, uh, when, when it came to writing and co-writing and making it in the industry, it was just, it's so icky, and it, it was just so, it's so yeah. frustrating how it can be so twisted. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things I said, too, about you and your podcast, right? And that's the thing I didn't get to say is you have a podcast called Worshipology just started. It's fantastic. Everyone should follow it. And we'll talk about oh, it at the end. Um, but we need more people like you. I think mm. we need more prodigal sons in in the music industry who who chased the wrong thing, now are chasing the right thing and need mm. to tell people to stop. Right. To say, let's just yeah. before you even start, like, I mm-hmm. want to start you down the right path. Right. So because I, I know you offer different things. You. You're a composer, you offer producing, you offer things like uh, speaking and uh, workshops and worship camps and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's fantastic because it's not like we need more conferences or worship camps. We just need more people yeah. who care about the right thing, who have done mm-hmm. it and have that clout like you to then say to young, young impressionable worship leaders, right, who are in their 20s, who are fresh out of college or in college, right? They're looking to do, they want to they be the next Chris Tomlin. <laughs> or the next Curtis Parks, right? And they want to really, they want to make it. And you just say, stop. Get to aim much higher. Aim much higher than being the stop. next Curtis Parks. <laughs> stop. Your humility is fantastic, but stop it. Own it. Own the thing. Own the compliment. All right, Joel. You got me, man. <laughs> but for real, like, I think it's, I love that you're doing that. So what, what about now where you're at? Like, like you said, it's been a fun mm-hmm, summer. Mm-hmm. You've gone through all of this. The Lord has brought you through this incredible journey of, like you said, you're stumbling into these relationships that are, that people would literally die for. Right, would pay thousands and have paid thousands of dollars to just make connections. Mm. And now you're here as a producer, doing music again, kind of going on the road a little bit. Um, yeah. Like, where where do you, where's your spirit now? Are you at more peace? Do you feel like uh, this yeah. this restless, like, I need, I want to do more? Like, what? where yeah. are you right now after all this? Well, great question. I mean, you know, yeah, you walk life long enough. I just turned 40 and you walk life long enough. And I think you make a lot of mistakes, but you also find the paths that you feel like, man, this, this makes a lot of sense. And for me, um, you know, even during my time of pastoring and that was a huge stretch for me because all I had known my whole life was music. Right. You know, my dad started me off, like you said, 13 years old. I was leading worship at his church that he started. And I think that was probably just because I was free labor. Right. But um, that that developed this hunger and this passion for music that started at 13 years old, started writing songs at 15. And then in college, you know, college was really when I was at Virginia Tech, it was really the time in my life where I was trying to figure out, OK, do I want to do I want to chase down fame and be a rock star or do I want to continue to make music for the church and you know I won't say anything was done with regret because you know Romans eight twenty eight. it's like my life verse right everything can work together for his glory and your good and, and mm. so I just kind of developed this uh, hunger to be on stage and you know we would play shows Friday night frat parties and Saturday night bars and then Sunday morning I'm in church leading worship you know and so it kind of creates this dichotomy of like, why am I doing music? Uh, and, and you bring a little bit of the, the worship leader into the bar, you bring a little bit of the rock star into church mm-hmm. and a little bit of, you know, identity crisis in those two worlds. But yeah, for a while out of college, I, d- I did chase down music. Uh, we had some success with our band, had a couple songs on the radio. But I think you get to this point, Joel, where it's like, 
no crowd is big enough. You know, mm. we, we, we would go on the road and I mean, when we started, I mean, it was pretty dismal. We were playing in front of crowds of 10 and 15, but then, you know, we'd get some invites. Like you said, you know, we won a competition to open for John Mayer. And so that's, that's a pretty hard crowd to beat. Um, you know, we would be doing different festivals in the summer and just tens of thousands of people. And you always say in your head, once I hit this, I think I'll be able to rest, but it, it, it never mm. hits. Like you, you get to that place and you're like, okay, what's next? Like in our flesh nature, there's always an insatiable desire for more. And so I think it yeah. comes to this place where, okay, take all of that away. Who am I when there's no stage? And for me, that was the the massive uh, realization that like, man, I, I just, I want to connect with people, whether I can sing a song or whether I can have a conversation. And so that really started to lead back into the desire of discipling people and walking with people in mm. this faith journey and letting music be the vehicle for that. And, and so, you know, the time in DC was really God shaping me to, hey, not just songs, but people. Uh, it, it's life is about yeah. uh, connecting people with their purpose, and that was really my time in DC. So then, out of that, planted the church. Uh, really learned how to love people and disciple them, and um, you know, I think now I'm in this stage where, to be honest, you know, I feel more called to create resources like the podcast. I've got another book coming out. Um, I love writing songs. Uh, and I love playing music, of course, and traveling is, is a blast. But I, I honestly see like, you know, in the future, probably a worship pastor role again, because that's just kind of mm. my effortless to be stationary. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know if yeah. you've, have, have you have you ever heard the book uh, by Greg McCown, Effortless? Uh, he's a writer no. out of Canada. Oh, man, you got to check it out. Incredible book. And he talks about finding your effortless. Like, what mm. is that sweet spot in your life? where things are just firing on all cylinders. You're not striving. You're just in that, uh, you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And for me, that was always worship pastoring because yeah. it's the combination of getting to do what I was created for, right? Worship and bringing people along the journey. Yeah. And so, you know, probably I would say later this time uh, or later this year, you'll probably see me as a worship pastor somewhere. Um, you know, we're just, we're just open right now, you know, kind of in this beautiful season of like, hey, I'm not putting my resume out there, but Lord, if if uh, if you connect us somewhere, man, I'm wide open. And I think that's one of the best places to be. Um, you're not stressed. You're not trying to make something happen on your yeah. own, but you're just yeah. available. So and I, uh, we'll see what, what he does. Here's a question. What kind of church would you want to be a part of? Because I know someone as a pastor. I'm literally consulted for his church the other week, but it's it's basically hymns and they don't have a drummer. Ooh. Oh wow! But it's a it's a Dude. big church. It's a singing church too. They like they love yes. to sing, and they strictly do hymns and like Matt Papa Boswell hymns, Sovereign Grace hymns, wow. Getty's hymns. Uh, anyway, we can talk offline. But like I literally yeah, yeah, yeah. just talked to the guy the other day, and that's uh, it'd be in it'd be in Greenville, South Carolina. If oh, I love that area. That's where I'm at. Well, well, listen, listen, man. I uh, there is a church. There, so I'm I'm a Virginia boy. Amen. And uh, and, and there you're, is you're, a church. You're Blacksburg, right? Or were you born and raised in there? So so Roanoke is my hometown. Okay. Um, went to Virginia Tech. Of course, lived on the Virginia side when I was in Washington D.C. area. I was Virginia um, Beach, born and raised. Nice. Hey, I, I love seven five seven. Right. Amen, baby. Amen. Let's seven, go. Five, let's six. go. <laughs> Keep going. Keep sorry. <laughs> Dude, I, you know, I think we could probably have a lot of conversations. Yeah, I mean, 
Oh, man. I love Virginia. I love Virginia. And to be honest, you know, I think there's this an incredible church right outside of Richmond area that I've led worship at a few times and, and great conversations with their pastor. And oh. um, and so there could be something there. So just kind of keep an eye. Uh, I may uh, may end up in that area. And if so, we definitely got to connect because I think Richmond is a lot closer to Greenville. Um, than so, yeah, we could. Yes. Let's get, let's get some good coffee, man. Dude, well, actually, because I know a lot of people in the Richmond, Williamsburg area, too. Because uh, mm. I used to be, I was the worst. What I'm, the church I worship pastored at was in Yorktown, and, okay. And so I was in, I was on the peninsula, uh, and nice. yeah. So I know, I mean, and I know a couple of people. I know a couple of churches um, up in in Richmond that people are yeah. like going to of my friends. So that's that's crazy. Not, I that's mean, cool. obviously, selfishly, I'd love for you to be in Greenville, South Carolina, because <laughs> I think South Carolina is the better Virginia. But anyway. Well, you know, that's another <laughs> podcast for another time, maybe, you know, we'll okay. have that debate. <laughs> so for you, though, I think I think the question I'd love to ask is, you know, so in our lives, right, we have we have these, obviously, we, we wrestle with sin greater in different degrees at different times, mm. but they don't necessarily go away, right? So in, in my own life, right, like when we, we left the church, it was a bad break. And so there are often times mm. I do feel when I, I, I can feel the enemy like, hey, you should be bitter about this. You should be angry about this. Like, you, hey, someone said something nice about your old church. You should you should think negatively now, right? That's mm. now that it's not it's not. I don't dwell on those thoughts. They're not a part of my daily life. I don't think about the 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 churches we've left and stuff like that, right? There's not there's it's not the th- feelings that are going through my my life day by day, mm-hmm. but they pop up sometimes, right? We all have those issues. Sure. We all have those days that are low, right? So for you though, here's the question. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. You came back from that prodigal son aspect of running towards fame, and now you don't do that. Are there ever instances like you're starting this wonderful podcast, which is fantastic, Worshipology? You're thinking about getting back into like producing in a bigger way and writing, and you even think about doing worship pastoring again. Like, do you ever feel that that little bit of, hey, Curtis, you know, wouldn't it be great if Worshipology was like as big as Joe Rogan's podcast, or wouldn't it be great if like <laughs> you got to produce some of the biggest artists in Christian music or wouldn't Mm. like, do you ever feel that? Or are you just amazing? No, absolutely. I feel that all the time, man. I think, I think that is the very, you know, at the heart of every artist, I think there's always this battle between a desire to make your name known. And Mm. then the reality that you're created to make God's name known. And that's the, that's the ultimate, like, okay, wake up today. Who's going to win, flesh or spirit? Mm. You know, Paul talks about that daily battle. And so I think the moment that I would ever say, no, I, I got that beat. That's the moment that pride's got a hold of me, mm. you know. And and for the longest time, Joel, my main drive in producing and writing and touring and all that stuff, I wanted to win a Grammy, right? Like really? that was... That was like my that was my drive. And actually, one of my great friends from high school, best friends, we were in bands together, um... He is a Grammy-winning producer no. in Nashville. No. Ross Copperman. Yeah. Ross Copperman, um, number one uh, country songwriter, uh, won the ACM Songwriter of the Year. Wow. Incredibly talented guy. Um, and I love him. I mean, he's great. Like, we, we still will text to this day. Um, you know, he's producing Blake Shelton and, 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 you know, just these incredible artists all the time. Great success. Number one's continuously great success and sorry great success that's right <laughs> I could, I could help that. And you knew you had to pop that in uh you, and so sorry, keep going 
but, but man, Ross really, you know, he was kind of like that, that brother, you know, like yeah. you, you kind of have like that. Um, okay, man, like I got to keep up. I got to keep yeah. up. And, and, uh, and I think when you start to follow the wrong idea of success, mm. uh, when you get on the right track, that other path, it kind of runs parallel. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, you don't ever just do like a full on right turn and you're gone and like you're, you're on your way to sanctification. This isn't and Fast and Furious when Paul Walker drives the other way. No, no. I, I wish I had, I wish I had that drive, like literally pun intended. But, <laughs> but you know, like I think you're, you're always going to have that because I think if you don't have the opportunity. Yeah. This is, I don't know if I've ever actually said this, but if, if you don't have the opportunity to continue to walk back into the flesh, you'll never know what it's like to pursue the spirit. Wow. I mean, it's like, it's like the, the whole idea of, um, you know, without evil, good cannot exist. Right, right. You know, and, and so if you're not constantly, I, I think every yes is a no to something. And mm -hmm. so my yes, the days that I say yes to God is saying no to my pride, to the flesh, to chasing fame and uh but all the time man i mean you know and there's opportunities to say hey you know like wow i could you know go back and do this but i think i go back to that thing that i was saying earlier is like no stage was big enough yeah. no crowd was enough and and so it's not a cliche only jesus satisfies i yeah. mean that's and i've and i've lived it out in my life and i've seen that and and then i see other artists you know one of the amazing things and the privilege that we have when we were pastoring in Nashville is like you get artists come in and oh sit every down day with, it's nuts oh it, it's wild and you get to sit down with people and some of them I could see that that insatiable desire for pride mm. and fame um creeping up in our coffee conversations and so I had an opportunity to kind of speak into that and say yeah. hey just from my experience here's what I've lived out and here's what I've seen and, um, but man, every day you can see, uh, you see the stars, you see the lights in Nashville. I mean, it's music city mm -hmm. and, and, you know, so, so sure. There's always that, uh, that little, you know, you got the, I, I, I grew up Tom and Jerry, you know, he had the little angel and the <laughs> devil on his shoulder. And, uh, yep. but I think every day you got to make the decision. Who are you going to listen to? Which voice are you going to follow? Yeah. And one voice leads to emptiness and that's the voice of the world. That's the voice of the enemy. Um, and then one voice leads to, to satisfaction and fulfillment and life, right? And, so uh, and that's the voice of the Holy Spirit, man. So yeah. that's just, uh, that's where I'm at. That point about if you never have the opportunity to go to choose sin, then you'll never know. What was it again? You'll never know. Yeah, I mean, if you never have the flesh opportunity right here, then you'll never really experience what it's like yeah. Uh, yeah. to say yes to the Spirit, yeah. you know? I love that. And it's, and it's mm. so true because... It, you see that a lot in people who it's almost like they kind of white knuckle their way through their faith and just say, well, no, no, no. Like I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm choosing, I'm choosing, but you know, you're, you're not really seeing that you you're maybe you're putting yourself in the opportunity to choose sin. And now to yeah. see that you're choosing life and you've grown, which is another thing. If you don't, if you don't know it and notice that there's opportunities for sin, not that you're looking for them, but then right. you don't really know that you've grown because if you don't even see choices, Mm -hmm. You're not really mature at all if you don't even see choices. If you don't like you said, that's such a good point too, and I love that. And it, there's and the cool thing is that's where you and people like you come in, uh, especially in the world of, of Christian music, where people like you who have walked those lines can say, "Hey, mm -hmm. right now, bro, like in your coffee talk, you have an opportunity to choose sin in this way, and I think you're leaning towards sin, and I don't think you want to go there." 
And yeah. and I I know I can already sense it just from the, the our conversation that you're the type of person to willingly say that to that person to say, bro, mm. don't even don't even <laughs> waste your time. Don't yeah. even be stupid about it. Yeah, we've got I mean, case in point, like there's an incredible a worship leader that I'm close friends with and they have the opportunity right now, which path are they going to go down? Really? And, um, you know, it's, it's my job, it, you know, as a pastor, as a, as a follower of Jesus, and then just as a friend, you know, it's my job to just kind of say, Hey, look, I'm not going to tell you which way to go. I mean, I mean, we know, we know how that goes, right. You know, like you could have like a family member like, dude, I see this for you. Please don't choose this. And they yep. do. And it's like, well, you know, we have, you know, the opportunity to make our own choices and whatnot. And so, you know, with my friend, it's like, you know what? Here's here's my advice from my journey. And let me just lay that out for you and see if it could help you as you're in this crossroads trying to make this decision. But, you know, also, and this is what my dad did for me when I was 13 he called out potential and he Mm. saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And so I can do that for others in this stage of the game. I've lived enough life. I've, I've, I've made enough mistakes to where it's like, Hey, here's what I see for you. And, um, you know, then, then it's really up to them. And I got to trust that the Holy spirit will, will begin to speak. And, um, you know, that God does what he does because he does it a lot better than I can. Right. Yeah. And, you know, but it's, it's, I think that's the, the line that we tow, um, you know, we, I'm a problem solver. Amen. And so, you know, whenever I see it's, it's a, it's a problem, I think, because, um, you always think that you see not the solution, but a solution right. and you try to present it, um, to people in the best way possible. But man, people hear advice and they hear uh, conversation through the lens of experience. And, and some of that's through the lens of hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so, you know, at, at, at some point you just say, Hey, um, you know, for, and for those that are listening, if you are, uh, on the younger side of the spectrum, whether, whether you're like an artist or a worship leader or on a worship team, have people in your life that you've given permission to call out and to speak in. Yeah. Amen. You, you know, because th- there's people in my life too, where it's like, if I was doing this lone ranger style and there's nobody that I have given that permission to, Man, I could be making mistakes left and right. But when I have people in my life that there's no agenda, there's no hidden politics. Mm-hmm. It's just like, Curtis, hey, we just we, we know your heart and we know, you know, the Lord. And, you know, we got to trust that the Holy Spirit in me is the Holy Spirit in you. And, and you know, the, the same. We're not following different Jesuses. Right. You know, right. It's interesting to say Jesus is Jesus. Um, yes. <laughs> But, but, you know, you have to have people in, in your life like that, that, that can help. I mean, Proverbs says that, you know, victory is found in the council of many advisors. And so I, I think Amen. I've, I've tried to live that out to, uh, for, for being on the mentee side and then mm-hmm. being on the mentor side as well. Yeah. I mean, when I, so a big part of this podcast, people know my story. They know like where, where I've come from with the being in ministry. Cause I used to be in ministry to like less less than a year and a half ago, right? I was a, uh, mm. uh, a pastor up in Delaware and it was just a bad break. That's a, another story for another time with, with you and I. But it would, when I was down here, we moved down here, we were unemployed. I was getting a job at Cisco. So I was interviewing at Cisco and we finally got the job, but I was going to counseling. And one of the things my counselor said was, you need to have people who know everything, but like wow. not a lot. Like, I mean, there yeah. needs to be someone in your life who knows every single part of you not so that they can just, it's not like they're like a guardrail to keep you accountable in the sense of like, hey, 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 but it's, they they know 
and can infer things from your actions because they know you truly. Like mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. nothing in your life that you've hidden from them in your past and even your present. Yeah. Like they know everything. Because that that's the type of person, like you're saying, in a relationship that can say, okay, so I, I know what you've been through. I know what you're doing now. And what mm-hmm. I'm feeling and sensing is this. Because you can get people that, like you said, you, you, you can even give them permission to speak into your life, but they only know the you now. And they right. don't even know that you now completely, right? Like, so it's, that's good. It's, it's, you got to have someone in your life who's not just someone who knows you now, but knows your entire story so that they can, mm. fa- so the Holy Spirit takes all that information and then they filter that and they go, okay, here's, here's what you should say to this person. Here's what you should say to Curtis. Mm-hmm. Here's what you should say to Joel, uh, because that's what they need to hear right now. And mm-hmm. that you've developed that relational clout because you know they know you. And it's the same thing, like, it's like to a lesser degree, you, you having done all the things, all the accolades you've gotten in your career, you can talk to an artist in Nashville who probably doesn't see anyone less than like a producer, big time artist as anyone to respect, right? So they look at you like, okay, what can I get out of this relationship with Curtis or... I'll at least listen to him because he's done it. He's a, he's made it and he's arrived, right, whatever. Right. Which is stupid uh, because the Holy Spirit can speak to anyone, <laughs> even the mouth of a donkey, uh, mm-hmm. which is this person right here. I'm the mouth of the ass. But the, the cool <laughs> thing is, though, like you have these opportunities to then do that with people because you've reached yeah. that, which I think it's a great thing. The, yeah. too, too often people don't strive to do great things uh, because mm-hmm. they they blur the lines of like you're saying, am I doing this for myself? But I there's right. there is something to say for it. Now you have this influence. The Lord has brought you here. Use mm-hmm. it for for His glory. So that brings yeah. me to worshipology. Why did you start a podcast? Right, like you've got you've got hundreds of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Literally, I know the COVID. I started a little bit before COVID. Oh, yeah. And then when COVID hit, I was like, what? I had someone literally go, I started a podcast because you had a podcast. They listened to my podcast and they started something similar. And I'm going, this is weird. But there are hundreds, if not thousands of podcasts that started in the, in COVID. And now kind of post COVID, what, 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 why, why Curtis, what are you doing? Yeah, man. Well, truth be told, I don't know. We're just kind of building this airplane (laughs) in the air. You know, it's like, um, I, I think honestly, I wanted to start a podcast two years ago and I just, the season of life was just too crazy and we were working out a lot of things in our in our church planning journey and um that does definitely demand a lot of your time Mm -hmm. but you know i think like you just said you know coming from the the lens of a worship pastor you know i've led worship for over 15 or 25 years sorry and um you know so from 13 to, to 40 you know and and doing it on different stages i mean you know like uh The church that I pastored in Nashville, I mean, we met in house churches. So you're talking a living room of 15 people. Right. Um, And then you're talking, you know, with National Community Church and Integrity, different conferences and stuff, upwards of 20,000 people. So everything in between there. And I think, you know, you just said this, right, is like walking that line gives you an opportunity to speak into those who are kind of at the beginning, the starting line. And I would never, if I'm trying to build a house, I would never go to somebody who's never picked up a hammer. Right. You know, like uh, and so I think in the world of worship, you know, I've got we've got a tool shed, you know, and and then I've, you know, over the years had opportunities to to just build relationships with different people and different walks and spheres. And um, and so kind of 
you know, getting to this place where it's like, you know what? Hey, I ask a lot of questions. Sometimes I get asked questions. Why don't we do that with a couple microphones? Yeah. And uh, and see how many friends we can bring into this thing. And so, yeah, we started Worshipology. Um, I was originally going to start it, and and he might get angry. At, no, he he never gets angry. That's the funny thing. He's just an awesome dude. But uh, you know, I was originally going to start it with Dustin Smith, and because uh, we had gotten together. Mm-hmm. And Dustin and I had recorded three episodes, and I was just kind of like, "Man, like let's just do this." And and uh, and Dustin is so amazing, like let's go for it, man. And uh, I think then it was like, "Okay, wow, I got a lot of like uh, things on my plate here." And so I, I told Dustin, "I said, hey, is it okay if I just kind of keep rolling with this thing, um, and then that way we don't have to put it off?" And so, uh, but Dustin, so actually, the, the episode the episode that's coming out today. Uh, on worshipology and I don't know when this will air but uh, it's with Dustin Smith and um, I mean he's one of my when you talk about guys that you look up to and people that you just want in your corner and uh, whether it's grabbing barbecue coffee leading worship together or doing a camp that's how I got to meet him Uh, you know we did a camp together in 2016, right after Soundcheck had come out. Wow! Uh, Je- Jenny Lee Riddle uh, hosted this camp called Emerging Sound. Mm-hmm. That's where we recorded um, Never that, be the that same. song we were talking about, Never Be the Same. So good. And um, and so honestly, like you look back in moments where it's like, wow, like God was up to so much more than just what was happening in the room at the time. And the relationship I have with Dustin six years later was really birthed out of that moment. I had him come up to National Community when I was the worship pastor there. Uh, every trip to Nashville, we've written songs together. Right. Um, and so Dustin will be like one of those recurring guests mm-hmm. on my podcast. Amen. But um, I, I think if you can if you can find um, people like that, um, you know, that was kind of the inspiration of doing the podcast was I, I was sitting down with Dustin. I was like, you know, I think I know a few <clears throat> few folks that could really offer different perspectives and different lenses. The the episode that we just did with Chrissy Nordoff. Mm-hmm. Um, Writing you know, songs for she, your church. Yeah, writing songs for your church, and and especially, you know, I, I think you know, she was telling me just some things about the industry that she's seen over the last twenty five years. Man, I want to hear that. You know, yeah. I want to know what that perspective is like. And I just think, um, the day you stop learning, right, mm-hmm. is the day you stop growing. Is the day you start to die. Yeah, and yeah, I I just think there's just um, there's a world of information out there, right. Um, Mark Batterson would often say that we're educated past the point of obedience. Mm. Like that is huge because yeah. 2022 technology, you know, there, there is no lack of information exactly. out there. Right. The question is like, are you going to listen and obey when it comes to the word of the Lord? And, you know, for me, my podcast in particular kind of leans into this, this realm of like, what does it look like to lead worship? from a spirit-led perspective. Right. You know, it's very much of an equipping pass, uh, podcast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and I'm really pumped. You know, we, we, we kind of like dive into some territory that I just haven't really heard that much of. Um, not like I've listened to every podcast, but I think you need to know your lane. And our lane is really in that uh, equipping and, and spirit-led side of worship. Yep. And, you know, I think, man, there's just, there's just so much... Um, in the scriptures that I think it will take us a lifetime to, to even begin to scratch the surface. Yeah. And so, man, I'm just excited to kind of play my small role in that. And, uh, I Don't think, think the it's be po- small. best podcasts are coming. 
Yeah, man. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, oh, it's funny. Now I guess I have to change my tagline in my intro to from being the only podcast that unpacks the hidden ecosystems through unique uniting conversations to being one of the only mm. podcasts that unpacks the hidden ecosystems within Christian music, the unique and united. Because now I'm be like, worshipology is another one. Everyone Dude, I, I love that tagline, man. The hidden ecosystems. That is, that's good. I'll do that's it again. Uh, yeah. But there you go, guys. Here's a, I think it's a great spot to end before the, the paywall. We're going to go behind the paywall and talk about some spicy stuff. Uh, <laughs> particularly, we'll, we'll maybe even talk about what's the most embarrassing thing you ever said from a stage or worship oh, leading. Gosh. Uh, you, don't have enough, you don't have enough time for oh, those. Oh, we do. We have plenty of time for that. Uh, <laughs> and then also maybe even just kind of like what's, what's your dream for what's next. Uh, we'll talk about that mm. after the paywall. But So obviously, Worshipology. Go subscribe now yep. if you haven't. After, after you finish this episode, just search on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, right? Is it on all those? Mm-hmm. It's on just, all the stuff. Just go there now after you're done with this episode and subscribe and follow Worshipology. Because the cool thing about Curtis is Curtis is... He has, he has this perspective of all these years of experience, right, that we're talking about. But he also has these connections to a lot of great people. We've had great guests on our podcast, but there's a different relationship between Curtis and these people. It's, it's more of a friendship. It's more of this familial relationship. So there's going to be a little bit, it's going to be more of a unique conversation that I don't necessarily have with these people because it's more of like, hey, I'm, I'm conversating with you, but this is my first interaction, whereas Curtis has, has history with these people. So... There's there's that aspect that adds, adds a really cool element to Curtis' podcast, but also seriously, it's an equipping podcast because this guy is he's doing it, he's done it, and he's still doing it. And you know, we're we are more of this kind of like we're just looking for these different conversations to have, and they can range from anything. And and Curtis is specifically, like you said, is talking about worship leading. So if you are a worship leader who's been listening to this podcast, you this should be the companion podcast to listen to is Worshipology, hands down, definitely do that. Thank you. Go to his website. Obviously, all of his music is fantastic. You did a you did a hymn like you kind of went through the uh, Christmas songs too. You mm-hmm. did a great rendition of "Be That My Vision," which is my favorite hymn. Uh, oh. He's got tons of stuff you can look for resources on his website, which is is literally just I think it's just curtisparks.com. Curtisparks.com. <laughs> he's the only one, and it's and there you'll you know you're there <laughs> because he's got this beautiful picture of himself with a fedora, and it's it's great. A, a fedora? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, and you and your your beautiful. I need to beard. update that. Oh, gosh, your beard's so beautiful. <laughs> it's so nice. Well, well, you know, I hit the summer and it was a little scratchy and a little itchy, so I, tr- I trimmed it down. This is my five o'clock shadow. Believe you make it or me want to grow like, like my big beard out again. I have some pictures of the mustache like that and this huge. Oh, ball. dude, you make me want. One of my that. buddies, his his dad does the the competitions like mustache beard? competitions. Oh my gosh! And well, that, that's what, uh, it's my pretty beard glorious. Used to look like this. Right there. I love that, dude. Let's go. Also, if you want neon for your podcast, uh, I have a connection. Get you a discount. So one hundred percent. Anyway, I will hit you up because I've been thinking how cool that sign looks the entire time. I got you, buddy. I got you. All right. Well, <laughs> Curtis, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Obviously, we're going to keep talking behind the paywall, but thank you so much for being here and, yeah, and joining man. us. I hope you have a wonderful Lord's Day as you worship together corporately. Hope you enjoy your family this this weekend because this is going to come out Friday. So, man, what a joy to have awesome. you. It's just a joy to be on this podcast. Thank you for having me, Joel. It's been a pleasure.